Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon finally drops a movie trailer. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny premieres at Cannes with lukewarm reviews. And Disney lost $123 billion in 2022. Hello, movie friends, and welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. Today is the 100th episode of Movie News! Holy crap. I can't believe we made it to 100. Me neither. And we said we were going to do something special, and we did none of it. And it's just going to be a normal episode. <laughs> we just thought we were running around a lot t- this week, and it was... Well, you always, mean, we always forget how busy we are yeah. during the week, and then we're like, oh, we'll get suits, we'll like do a whole news anchor thing, and it's like, then Sunday, we, yeah, no time Saturday rolled around, and we were like, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> but it is a, a huge milestone. It's crazy. We just started Movie News as like a fun thing of an extra episode to put into the podcast. Now it's become... One of my favorite things to record every week, it's become like a constant presence in our lives of like, oh, it's Saturday, we got to record the news. The news! You have to record the news. So I'm so glad that a lot of listeners are enjoying the news and have been dedicated fans to the news and every Sunday comes and I know a lot of people message us like, I can't wait for the movie news on Sunday. So we really appreciate that. It's a, a fun aspect of having the podcast and it's something that, I mean, we grew up Always looking into movie news on Collider, on IndieWire, on IMDb, obsessing over what cast came out, what trailer came out, posters. Hey, Anthony, did you find out <laughs> yeah. Mickey Rourke got cast in Iron Man 2? <laughs> so, yeah, it seemed like a no-brainer to put it into our show, and now I'm so glad that other people can just listen to this episode rather than having to browse through the internet themselves, so we do it for you. So, thank you to everyone for letting this movie news segment go on for so long. Wow, so sweet, so sweet. Well, let's get to the news and start with the box office. Obviously, Fast X, X. Family Times 10, released in theaters globally. It pulled in $60 million domestic in North America and then $320 million globally around the world. Holy crap. Yeah, it seems like it's losing some steam in America, but internationally, it's still a fucking massive hit. (laughs) I knew this movie was going to be a monster success, it's not going to hit a billion, but it's definitely going to come close. Like I, I said, mean, it made three twenty opening weekend. I'm not going to say no. Yeah, but we got a lot. We got a jam packed next um, three weeks of movies coming out. Yeah, so the Flash I, is coming out. Yeah, so I don't see it hitting a billion, but it's still going to make a huge amount of money in its in its period of release. I do think that America is definitely getting a little tired of the franchise. It's the eleventh film of the franchise. This was the, the tenth film. This is the first time I saw a fast movie since Tokyo Drift. Well, Hobbs and I Shaw. Forgot. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and right. Shaw is yeah. a fast. It's a fast X story. Spin-off. It's just a fast story. <laughs> <laughs> it being my first movie I'd seen in the franchise since Tokyo Drift, I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't need to be brought up to speed to understand what was going on at all. Uh, it's a ridiculous movie. If you're a fan of it, I think you'll enjoy it. If you're not a fan of it, you're gonna hate it. Um, but it still is well loved around the world overseas, so it's a huge, huge hit. It's turned into like a meme of a movie to go see, just yeah. to have a fun time. Yeah. Next up in second place, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three pulled in thirty-two million dollars in its third weekend. That is a monster hit. I mean, it only dropped forty-nine percent yeah. in its second weekend, so it is doing really well globally. Good job, guys. Super <laughs> Mario Bros. in third place. Another nine million dollars. This thing is a massive. Never hit stops. Well. We got like an Avatar two over here. Crazy. Book Club premiered to a $3 million opening weekend. Uh, it wasn't a premiere. Or it was its second weekend. Second weekend. Get, for did you million. see the film? I did not see the film. <laughs> 
You don't like watching old ladies go on vacation? I didn't even hear about it until I was just reading it off the box office. <laughs> Is it the rich old white ladies go on vacation to Italy? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. It's then. the book club, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and then Evil Dead Rise made $2 million in its like fourth weekend, which is also very impressive. Yeah, it's closing in on $100 million total, but it, they might uh, not hit that, but it's getting there. It's very getting successful there. film. I think they yeah. made that for under $20 million. Mm-hmm. So what a hit for Radar. But now, let's get into... The news. Our guy, Matty Scorsese, finally dropped the trailer for his movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, and it was fantastic. Oh, we have a dog here, by the yeah, way. So, so the, our, our dog's the dogs, if you hear the yeah, dog barking, yeah. it's it's in the in the backyard. She's chilling next to us. She gets yeah. very whiny if she can't see our faces. <laughs> so yeah. So if you hear the barking, that's her. Yeah. But um, I was really uh, so looking forward to seeing the first footage from the film because we've only had a few stills so far. And the footage looks incredible. The production design, cinematography, the world building, and the cast is excellent. We're not going to tell you anything about the story. We've read the novel, but if you if you want to read the craziest true crime story ever, definitely check out Killers of the Flower Moon book before you see the film. It is an incredible Stranger Than Fiction story, and I can't wait to see what Scorsese does with it. This was just such a tease and I think it was a perfect first trailer to reveal to audiences. Yeah, and Marty Scorsese is back. I think everyone forgot that he's the goaded director, the best director of all time, arguably. Very excited about this. It's going to be around the three-hour mark for runtime, right? It's like 3, 326. 326. So strap in. But the, the trailer blew me away, specifically seeing De Niro and Leo together on camera for the first time since Leo was a little kid, which was really special, but it's the first time they're working with Scorsese together, so it's actually really cool to see Scorsese's first muse working with his current muse together on a movie, which is really fun, and I can't wait to see the star power that this movie's going to have. We also have Brendan Fraser in this film, Jesse Plemons, they barely showed him. One shot. One shot, real quick, but the cast He's going to have a very important role. Yeah, this this movie's going to blow people's hair back. And I cannot wait to see it because Marty is the man. And Lily Gladstone has a huge role in the film as well. And I mean, it's his first movie since Silence, right? 2016? No. His first film since Silence? Um, Is it? The Irishman, I'm sorry. Irishman, yeah, Irishman. <laughs> I blanked for a I second. I totally yeah. forgot. Totally forgot. I was like, wait, well, what did he come up with? So, <laughs> Irishman 2019 Irishman. for Netflix yeah, yeah. in theaters. Mm-hmm. My bad. But we're very excited. Cannot wait to see this. And next, we got another trailer for our other most anticipated movie of the year. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 dropped its first official trailer, and it was fantastic. I did not watch it. I'm not watching the trailer. Oh, you didn't watch it? I'm refusing to watch it. I saw the opening couple seconds of the, him riding the motorcycle with uh-huh. the voiceover of, of Kittredge. So you didn't see when the aliens showed up? No, I didn't see the aliens <laughs> in Dead Reckoning it's Part 1. It's also a Transformers crossover. Yeah. So I'm personally... Refusing to watch movie trailers for really anticipated movies for me right now. I haven't seen the new Oppenheimer trailer that dropped last week either. Sure, 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 yeah. Uh, but I will say, without spoiling anything, it looks absolutely stunning. I've seen some stills. I yeah. saw him running on top of a train that's falling off. Oh, yeah. Oh, rails. Yeah. oh boy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, the boy, the yeah. stunts look fantastic. It was epic. cool to see the CGI of the ramp that we've yes. seen him riding the motorcycle off of how they turn it into a cliffside, which is really cool. Exactly. So he rode the motorcycle, like you just said, off an actually constructed ramp, but then they just turned it into like a, an incline of the mountain. Like a ridge. It looks great. Because um, at first when I was watching, when I saw the behind the scenes photos, I'm like, I wonder what they're going to turn that into. <laughs> There's not just going to be a ramp there, right? It's a Hot Wheels ramp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, this perfectly constructed ramp in my line of sight <laughs> as I'm chasing bad guys. Oh, man. But it looks epic in the scale 
looks immense. The number of sequences, it looks like there's going to be like a ton of major action sequences all over the globe. And they really barely tease the car chases, which are always a highlight of the films. And I can't wait to see those. But also, um, the actress who plays Mantis got some more screen time in this film. She looks like she's playing uh, kind of like an assassin of the film. Not, Not totally sure yet, but... It looks great. Also, Rebecca Ferguson got more screen time, and we get a little bit more from her. I love seeing the swords in oh, Mission yeah. Impossible. Oh, Multiple yeah. sword fights. The one in Venice looks incredible yeah. on the canals, mm-hmm. which I can't wait to see. So very excited about this movie. You all know. but Hopefully movie- they got some gelato after. <laughs> <laughs> another movie we're very excited about, obviously, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Quite a bit of news as it just premiered at Cannes Film Festival the other day. It was previewed in reviewed with mediocre lukewarm reviews right now it is rotten at 48 percent Rotten tomatoes with 28 reviews from critics and now you know take Rotten tomatoes with a grain of salt but this is not great news i would say because this movie isn't coming out until june 30th and they already have the embargo lifted with rotten reviews for it and we already talk about how you know maybe young people aren't as excited about indiana jones as people like like us millennials that have just grown up with that character and obviously the Boomers kid in <laughs> Gen X. Don't worry, I'm not forgetting about you. But I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, obviously, because it's Indiana Jones. James Mangold's an incredible director. They did release a clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to judge a movie based on one clip. It's going to be a two-and-a-half-hour action adventure. Yeah. And again, released June 30th. But also, Harrison Ford was presented with a surprise Palme d'Or award at Cannes and received an incredible standing ovation. Really heartwarming moment because it's the last time he'll be playing the character. I think there's this problem with uh, the movie culture online now where everything is so competition-based. And yesterday, every time I went on social media, it was like, Indiana Jones is getting bad reviews. This is bad news. This looks terrible. Oh, it's going to suck. And I'm just like, you haven't even seen the movie yet. We really should take Rotten Tomatoes with a grain of salt. I mean, we always say we. Everybody says Rotten Tomatoes is the worst until it works for a movie they like. Yeah, we should you know disband what I mean? it. I think that it's this is a it's a bad thing because it's making people walk into the movie thinking it's bad, and I think that the group think might have a problem. Like you know, just like social conformity, it, it might influence people to walk in the movie with a bad taste in their mouth right to to start the film. Especially because it doesn't come out for 40 days. Yeah, so I don't like the, the spreading of this like wildfire wildfire of the mediocre press about uh, Indy 5. I mean, it's, it's we just gotta not take it so seriously when Rotten Tomatoes scores come out because, I mean, I disagree with Rotten Tomatoes in many occasions, so quite this, a few. This does, I'm still extremely excited to see Harrison Ford back in action strapping up that whip and hat so i don't care what what rt says i don't care what uh new york times movie critic says about the movie i'm gonna judge it for myself when i walk in i'm gonna walk into that theater very excited it's like people want to hate it exactly. before it comes out yeah you know it's silly fucking indiana jones let's have a good time my, come on my goodness well speaking of disney and indiana jones ceo bob Iger has walked back the franchise comments saying that it would be the end of the road for the franchise, even though they've canceled the TV series that was going to be shot after this film. So we can assume that they're probably just going to maybe either reboot the character with a new series or a new sh- or a new franchise. But I'm pretty sure Harrison's done, so I'm not sure what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to try to convince him to do de-aging acting. Uh, well, I would say they, keep in mind in the 90s, they did a young Indiana Jones TV yeah, show. TV series. Yeah. So it's, they've already done it in the past, Lucasfilm. So I wouldn't put 
it passed Disney to do a younger reboot of the character for TV. I would say Harrison Ford won't be returning because he is getting up there. These movies are immense, immense projects for someone like him to undertake because when you're the lead of a huge, gigantic action blockbuster, you're working on it for a year, and it's a ton of work. And he's, I mean, you can only ask, you can't ask him to do 15-hour days at his age. So I don't expect him to return, but I do expect the property, because of its value and name recognition, to be continually used in Disney. We'll Moving see. on to some sad news. An update on Gladiator 2. Unfortunately, Barry Kilgan has to step down from his role as Emperor Gaeta due to scheduling conflicts. Conflicts. He'll be acting in Andrea Arnold's next film instead. So that was, I believe, the film that was conflicting with the shoots for Gladiator She's 2. She's an amazing filmmaker, yeah. so it's... I mean, I can't wait to see him in that film. If you've ever seen Fish Tank, definitely check that out. That was one of her early great films. And Fred Hetchinger will take his place as Emperor Gaeta in Gladiator 2. And we have the dog walking into the studio right now. So if you can see her on camera, say hi. So Fred Hetchinger, who is he? He was in White Lotus. He was in the Fear Street uh, Netflix uh, the- trilogy horror films that came out a few years ago. So he's been acting quite a bit. And I'm sure he was probably the number two choice anyways in terms of his schedule working out for yeah. shooting. And I'm sure that he's going to be excellent in the role as Emperor Gator. He could just be the next great star that we're just waiting to see. I mean, White Lotus is a big hit, and uh, so he's got a lot going for him. And also, Fear Street was very popular on Netflix. I've never seen him. I've never seen those projects, so I've never seen him act. But for Ridley to say yes on someone, they must have something. Because you got to remember, uh, Joaquin Phoenix wasn't Joaquin Phoenix that we know today when he was cast as Commodus in Gladiator. And I saw this great Russell Crowe interview, and Crowe was saying, I mean, we all know how incredible of an actor Joaquin is now, but back then, nobody really knew. Everyone just knew his brother, River. Yeah, he, he was only, what, I think 24, 25 when he played Commodus. Um, and even he, even he said even Joaquin Phoenix was unsure if he could pull it off, but he said, uh, Crowe said Ridley Scott kept pushing Joaquin, saying, uh, you can do this, and he kept encouraging him, and he kept directing him, feeling confident that he had it in him. And Russell Crowe said that Ridley Scott saw the talent that nobody saw, nobody else saw at the time. And so, I mean, Ridley's, I mean, a master. So I'm sure this actor, uh, Fred Hetchinger, he's got that stuff, man. He's got to have the stuff. He's got the juice, I'm sure. Yeah. And Ridley, like all great directors, is incredible at casting roles in his movies. And actually, you saw him, Fred Hetchinger, in The Pale Blue Eye. He plays one of the cadets oh, in yeah. that film. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you. So you'll recognize his face, I'm sure. He's also going to be in Craven the Hunter, so I'm sure that Blowing he's, up. he's about to blow up. So he's going to play Dmitry Smirnyakov, Smirnyakov, a.k.a. Chameleon. Dmitry Smirnyakov. So it sounds like he's going to play a cool character in that movie, so he's probably about to blow up, and I'm sure he's going to be terrific. It is unfortunate that Barry Keoghan, who is just on top of the world right now after his Oscar nomination, after... We all know he's going to play the Joker. Just a fan favorite actor right now in his age range. He's been, he's been a fan favorite. I've been a fan of his since Killing Man, yeah. Killing with Sacred Deer. Killing with Sacred Deer. Yeah. on that guy. Absolutely. So Also, um, in Dunkirk. Moon Knight actress Mae Kalamaway. Kalamawi. Sorry. Get it right, man. Kalamawi. They're, they're, they're watching Sorry. you, man. <laughs> they're, they're like ready to hit that cancel button. 
Almost got him. Almost got him. <laughs> almost. Almost got him. She's also been cast in the film in an undisclosed role. I'm sure it's going to be a major role because she is blowing up after Moon Knight. And I liked her in Moon Knight. I thought she was great. I had never seen her in anything before that, but I was really impressed with her uh, acting in that TV series. Hey, Ellie, what are you eating over there? She's eating some hey. some dust bunnies stop, is what she's stop. eating. She eats everything. She, she's, she's a puppy she, still. Yeah. She just finds stuff to chew. She tore apart an entire branch and turned it into a stick. She destroyed and disemboweled one of Juno's lamb dolls, lammies. And several soccer balls. everywhere. She tore soccer balls to pieces. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We got a lot more to talk about. Let's talk about Nolan and Oppenheimer. So he actually revealed the differences with the color sequences and scenes in the film Oppenheimer with black and white and switching to color. So he says that the scenes that are in color will be subjective and the black and white scenes will be objective. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays around with that color scheme based on the experience watching the film. But what's even more interesting, did you see what he talked about in terms of how he wrote it? No. So he wrote the color sequences in the first person. Oh, no way. So if I, we got a few questions about that. So if screenplays are always written in the third person, uh, Nolan, for this film, decided to choose, decided to write those portions of the script in the first person perspective, which it just, that's not how it's done in screenwriting, but I mean, he's Nolan, he can do whatever the hell he wants. And so I'm, I would love to, I would love to read that. How cool would it be to read that script? I can't wait. When it gets released, I'll definitely get a, get a purchase of that. There was another trailer that came out this week of a movie that was not on any of our radars. I didn't even know of its existence. It's a movie that comes out in September from director Gareth Edwards, and it's called The Creator, starring John David Washington and Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe. And I was absolutely floored by it. We're seeing like an original sci-fi film for the first time since Tenet, and I'm just like... On a huge scale. Yeah, on a huge scale, and I was just like, man, I love this genre, and when it can be big like this and really interesting, but also an original property... Oh my god, sign me up. It looks so good and interesting and intriguing and very culturally relevant to the world today. I am ecstatic to see this film. I can't wait for September. Gareth Edwards is an excellent director. He started off in visual effects and then he made a movie called Monsters back in like 20, what, 14, 20, Yeah, it was Scoot McNary. And so he actually is a first-time director. He was a visual effects artist before. He did all the visual effects shots on that movie. There aren't a ton, but... I mean, he did an incredible job just doing it basically by himself. And then he made Godzilla back in 2016, whatever year that one was. And then he made, no, earlier than that, then Rogue One he made. Yeah. So he directed Rogue One. So really impressive director, visually has his own style. And even when you watch this trailer at first, I'm like, is this a Star Wars movie that I didn't know about? Like the balls on Lucasfilm to have a secret Star Wars movie. I'm like, yeah. no, there's no way they do that. Then watching, I'm like, oh, wow. So then the concept looks great. There's AI that's basically going to try and potentially wipe out mankind. John David Washington plays a special ops agent, former special ops agent, who has to hunt down and take out the creator of this AI. Really interesting looking movie. Looks awesome. Can't wait. Sign me up. Original sci-fi, massive scale. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Back to Disney. With probably the worst news Disney's had in a very long time. Disney reportedly lost $123 billion in 2022 and dropped 44% in stock price, the worst year it's had in 
50 years. Now, let me repeat that. It's the worst year it's had in 50 years, and that's including 2020. Yeah, I think it was 1974 they dropped in like 54% of their stock. So, And that's insane. They dropped more in 2022 than they did in 2020 during the lockdown. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's absurd. Massive amount. Um, they're also making huge changes. We mentioned earlier in our last episode of Movie News, they're uh, shelving a ton of TV shows and movies that aren't performing well. They're just taking them off Disney+. Plus. They're also combining Disney+, Plus and Hulu into one app. So What are they going to call it? It's just going to be Disney+. Plus. Wow. So they're, yeah, they're putting Hulu into Disney Plus as one thing. So Hulu's just, just going to be in that. I wonder if it'll exactly. be in the pro, it'll be it'll called be Hulu in, still. They want one thing. They want one so streaming you, you app. So you click on Disney Plus, then you have Hulu's section, then Disney Plus. I believe so. Probably. We'll see how they organize it, but that's yeah. that's what I can gather from what I can re- what I've read. Because uh, Hulu is where they put all their 20th century Fox movies yes. and, and a lot of the rated R and movies. a lot of TV shows yeah. for um, adult oriented TV shows and also. Comcast still owns a major stake of Hulu, and Disney will be buying Comcast out of Hulu. So uh, later this year, once that deal goes through, Disney will completely own Hulu. How much money do they have in the bank, bro? It's Disney, man. They lost $122 billion. They're still going to buy a massive stake of a company. So, yeah, it's they're not doing well. Also, Disney is ending... The Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel after one year of, of its uh, enterprise. This is the hotel famously that came out last year with like a $5,200 a night price tag. Uh, also, like they have the restaurants and like interactive role-playing uh, employees. And it did not do well. I don't believe that. I, I'm sure it, they had a good first couple of months. But I'm sure they overestimated how many people can afford that kind of a uh, trip. Also, I we know someone who went, and I won't name who it is, but he was telling us about it. Oh, yeah. And he was there for like, the opening couple of weeks. They invited him, and he said that because it's very immersive and, like, you're part of missions and, like, campaigns, and you have to do stuff, and you're, like, part of the Star Wars world, like, solving mysteries mm-hmm. and saving and, and stuff like that, and you're, like, part of these missions with characters. So there's, like, have, an itinerary? Yeah, you have to. You, there's an itinerary that you have to follow. You have to, like, participate you can't ev- just like chill. No, uh, no. I mean, there are moments. Oh, where yeah, you can I'm chill, sure. Yeah, yeah. But like, they they have actors everywhere in character, and you have to like do missions with them, and like it's supposed to be fun. But also, they were telling me that like it's it wears off wears off really quickly. Where it's like, dude, I just want to like relax and like go to the explore cafe. on your own. I just want to yeah. go get some food and chill yeah. and like see some cool stuff. But then like they make you participate. So I think the immersive quality of it, they overestimated how much people would be excited about it and be mm-hmm. into as well as the price tags. Massive. Yeah, I remember actually having a uh, chat with that person. It was like a year ago they told us, and I was like, I was like, not surprised. He's like, it was cool at first, but then it's like, I don't want to do this You anymore. have to come to Starfleet Academy. Oh, I know. That's Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to eat dinner. You can't eat dinner right now. Not until you save the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> but my blood sugar's low, but we don't care. <laughs> We're going to go talk to Kylo Ren, and you're going to like it. <laughs> it's like Squid Game. Like, they have real lightsabers. <laughs> oh so that would be cool if they turn into, like, Squid Game Star cruiser <laughs> well did you hear squid game is coming out on netflix at the uh competition series you remember so we posted we talked about a story of uh insiders of the squid game reality tv show and how do you remember this we talked about it i, can I remember, remember the, the it was reality a tv show yeah a horrible situation yeah, no, well, people nobody like really no, got hurt people got seriously hurt they were being starved uh a bunch of people got pneumonia and hypothermia they weren't paid 
They were put into terribly dangerous situations and for basically no compensation at all. Um, <laughs> what the winner? What would the winner get? Like a million dollars? Something. But it was it was actually not that much money. But Disney picked it. I mean, Netflix picked it up. So Netflix is uh, well. I mean, they didn't pick it up. I think they produced it, obviously, and it's coming out uh, later this year. I don't want to. I don't really want to watch that. I, want, I think it'll I be just a big watched hit. Squid Game season two. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a big hit. Woo. So yeah, that comes out later this year. Squid Game reality TV series. They probably had to settle a lot of lawsuits. Yeah, they, I'm sure lawsuits. they did some payouts. It was uh, like a. New York Times article or something about it, or like a Hollywood Reporter article. They're probably like, the firing range was probably a bad idea. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think the landmines were a little too much? The machine gun dummy, <laughs> we probably shouldn't have replicated that. Whose <laughs> 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 idea? This is so much blood. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some more news. Eddie Murphy is in talks to star in a Pink Panther reboot playing Inspector Clouseau for MGM AK. A.K.A. Amazon. Everybody's been asking for Pink Panther. Oh, we've all been asking for the reboot for Pink Panther. Finally, Steve Martin was most recently famously played the character, and then it's obviously an old show in series. TV, it was more popular cartoon. in the 70s, the, that franchise, yeah. And uh, So, yeah, we're going to get a, another reboot of a reboot. Yeah. Looking forward it, to it, it Yeah, MGM. Amazon. <laughs> Next up, there's a new David Mamet thriller who's a fantastic writer and filmmaker. Called Assassination, starring Al Pacino, Viggo Mortensen, John Travolta, and Shia LaBeouf. What an interesting cast, right? That's a really fascinating cast well, of characters. Lots of talent. Lots yeah. of talent there. So definitely want to check that out. And he's a great director. Yeah. Moving on to Venom 3, Chiwetel Ejiofor has joined the cast. Speaking of Chiwetel, he will be mentioned in our episode tomorrow because we'll be doing Children of Men tomorrow. Oh, yeah. He plays Luke in that film. Great role from 2006 for him. But Venom 3, the plot is kept under wraps still, is being directed by the co-writer of Venom 2 who wrote mm-hmm. it with Tom Hardy. I believe her name is Kelly Marcel. She will be directing She's the, reins, yeah. the third film. So I think it's going to be her first movie, so that's very cool. And I'm sure I hope Chiwetel is the villain. He's we'll he's been he's been great as the couple of villains he's played. Yeah, he's terrific. Next up, Winona Ryder was captured on was uh, photos of Winona Ryder were were captured she's on captured the set by who <laughs> captured on the set of Beetlejuice two in character. She's in her full Lydia Dietz uh, hair, makeup, and costuming. She's got the pointy bangs back, so she's full on Lydia Dietz, and they're filming right now Beetlejuice two. The brooding, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really good. She's in a. It's only a photo in a car, but you can see the the hair and makeup. It looks the same. So super excited that she's back, and obviously Jenna Ortega will be playing her daughter and probably be the lead of the movie. But everyone's coming back. Which Beetlejuice is, so- is the lead of the movie. Well, actually, no, he's, he's not lead, even the lead of the so first. He's supporting, yeah. yeah, he's not even the lead of, of it. You could yeah. say like Alec Baldwin and, and Gina Davis instead. Yeah, you could say that, couldn't you? <laughs> you could. <laughs> <laughs> takes him a little while to get it going in there in that movie. Hey, that's hey. Third act, he takes over for sure. That's true, man. Yeah, that's true. Final bit of news: Idris Elba is going to star and direct a prison thriller called Infernus. He will play a character named Donovan Kamara, a UN human rights activist sent to investigate reports of refugees being illegally detained inside a U.S. black site prison. Intense. Sounds dark and intense and relevant. So, congrats on Idris directing a movie. Very cool. So many actors and cool guy directing movies. He's a cool guy, man. Pretty cool stuff. Using that star power. Great name too, Infernus. That's a cool name. Well, that wraps our movie news. Super excited for you all to tune into this hundredth episode. We appreciate your support over the last couple of years of us doing this segment. 
and man, it was such a good idea to start doing it because it's so much fun. It's always a banger, and everyone always enjoys it. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to doing it. It's always fun. Me too. And again, tomorrow, Children of Men is dropping our review of this movie. Did about an hour and 45 minutes on it. It is such an incredible film. We're so happy to finally talk about it. It's a personal favorite of Anthony and mine's. Ever since we saw it for the first time when we were teenagers, we have it in both our top 50 all-time for sure. Oh, yeah. Greatest films ever made. It's a masterpiece of the 21st century. Probably Alfonso Cuaron's best film in his incredible career. What a remarkable story, and it's still more relevant than ever, you could argue. It is a timeless movie that will still be talked about in 100 years, probably. And if you want, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. That helps us out so much. Yeah, you can leave a five-star on both, and then Apple, you can leave that written review. We'd love to read them out on the show. It's so much fun. It's, it's uh, It makes my day. And subscribe on YouTube, obviously, if you're watching, and become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. It ensures that we can do the show full-time and helps Anthony get his Trader Joe's every week. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button as well, notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.